Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm talking about sophistry, an ancient practice that has shaped the way we perceive and engage in communication. But what exactly is sophistry and how does it differ from genuine persuasion? Let's start by unraveling the origins and the definition of sophistry. Thanks for joining me on another episode of The Order of the Day with Jess. Before I begin, I want to throw in a little disclaimer that anything I say or write in this episode or corresponding blog post was thoroughly researched and vetted. I will be glad to share any and all sources of information, but in the interest of time and entertainment, I'm not including it here. Furthermore, I'm not sharing my opinion. I'm simply trying to share the information with you as I found and discovered it in my research. The only opinion I'm disclosing is how the information I discovered made me feel and what it taught me about myself and the world as I see it. I encourage you to do your own research and form your own opinions. Hey there, it's me Jess and I'm back with a new episode. This topic proved to be much harder to cover in one episode, so I am breaking this into a series of three episodes. This series will be a little bit different because it has a more serious tone to it, but if you've learned anything about me as a person from the last two episodes, it's that I'm kind of all over the place. The thoughts and questions that enter my mind and entertain my brain are random, and they vary greatly over the course of the day. Who am I kidding? They vary greatly over the course of an hour. (laughs) Anyway, recently I came across the word sophistry and I wanted to share what I discovered about the world and myself during my rabbit hole of research. Let me start by explaining how I came across this word in the first place. I'm sure you're thinking, all right, let's get into the point here, Jess. Truthfully, I could just say, hey, go look up sophistry and find out why it's so dangerous. But this podcast and its episodes are really about my journey and life experience, and I use this podcast as a means of self-expression and then share that with you. Honestly, I'm no one special. I'm a 41-year-old former public school art teacher who thinks that true connection and discourse happen when you can relate to other humans. I know I cannot be the only person who sits around and thinks about this stuff. Am I? Maybe I have too much time on my hands, but... I digress. The catalyst for this episode comes from one such conversation I just mentioned. You know, one where you are talking and debating through mutual respect and understanding. I was at a dinner with some friends and their daughters a couple of years ago. It was around the time that COVID-19 was coming on the scene and there was all this news and conversation about it. You know, because you lived it. (laughs) Where did it come from? Is the vaccine a viable option? Will a mask really protect me? Is it a way to gain power and control? Anyway, we were asking each other and discussing the questions I just referred to. It was a very interesting conversation because our ages spanned across a few generations. When I say a few, I mean baby boomers and millennials. But there was an even more nuanced difference than that. The two baby boomers were on the young end of the spectrum. I'm what they call a geriatric millennial, which is someone who is on the cusp of a Gen X and a millennial. And the two daughters are on the young end of the millennial spectrum. So that means we range in age from about 63 to 25. The main question we talked about was all the theories Uh, surrounding where COVID came from. The conversation went on for a few minutes, each of us listening to the others and then sharing our thoughts and opinions. It was all very civilized. And then towards the end of it, one of the baby boomers said, said, it's just like AIDS. It came from...
monkeys. To which I burst out laughing because I thought it was a joke, right? But I stopped since I was the only one laughing. I must have had a strange look on my face because the same person who commented said, No, really, COVID came from eating bats and AIDS came from a human having sex with a monkey. You didn't know that? To say that my mind was blown doesn't even begin to put in put it into words. It was more like my mind was on fire with thoughts and questions. My first thought was, did I miss something here? My next one was, clearly the others involved in this conversation also think that this is the truth. Then I wondered, how many other people believe that AIDS made the jump to humans because some human person had sex with a monkey? The next day I decided to research this belief more. And I found many, many articles and documents from the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control and other public health organizations and scientists that explained how HIV jumped to humans. More interestingly, I found a news article about a U.S. senator who used his, his mistaken belief that AIDS was tr- transmitted to humans via sexual intercourse with a monkey in an interview with a gay rights advocate to support his state bill involving the teacher teaching of homosexuality in schools. When I found this article, I thought to myself, there it is. My friends are not the only people who believe this. So my quest began to discover how and why this mistaken belief came to be widely accepted, but more on that later. First, let me explain that this quest and research quickly intersected with another problematic idea, disinformation. When I watch the news, especially in the past few years, I have become overwhelmingly annoyed by the use of the words misinformation and disinformation. I am mostly frustrated by how they were used interchangeably, as though they have the same meaning and therefore can be used to communicate the same idea in a conversation. Besides learning and practicing the skills of unconditional love, (laughs) effective communication is right at the top of my list of self-improvement. Therefore, knowing the meaning of words and how to use them appropriately to communicate is a skill I am always working on. So the fact that I hear reasonably educated people who are supposed to be masters of communicating the news of the world to us use these two words as though they have the same meaning drives me crazy. Misinformation, according to the dictionary, is incorrect or misleading information. Disinformation, according to the dictionary, is false information deliberately and often covertly spread as by the planting of a rumor to influence public opinion or obscure the truth. When we research and synthesize information, we interpret that information during the brain's processing of what we have read or seen. My interpretation of these two words falls on one important key idea, intent. Misinformation is false information that is spread without malicious intent. It's accidental. Disinformation is completely different. Disinformation is false information that is deliberately and knowingly spread with the sole purpose and intention of manipulating those who are consumers of the information. A relatable example of misinformation would be telling people that you are pregnant before taking and confirming the belief with a pregnancy test. You are misinforming them with no intent to control or manipulate them, only because you are excited and hopeful. In comparison, 
a relatable example of disinformation would be telling your boyfriend that you are pregnant to manipulate him into marrying you. See how those are different? Misinformation is a tool to create disinformation, to gain power and control. So as I said, I was in a rabbit hole of research for hours because I'm convinced that there must be a better word or way to communicate these ideas without using the words misinformation or disinformation. And like a shiny beacon of hope, I discovered the word sophistry. Sophistry, according to the dictionary, means the use of fallacious arguments, especially with the intention of deceiving. I read that definition and I was like, huh? What, what does fallacious mean? So fallacious is an adjective that means based on a mistaken belief. So therefore, sophistry is the use of a mistaken belief in an argument to intentionally deceive. After some reading and rabbit holing, I settled upon this simplified definition, lying to prove a point. I cannot and will not take credit for this simplified de definition. I discovered it while in the rabbit hole. I came upon a TikTok during my research. I know, I know. I never thought in a million years I would find information worth sharing from a TikTok. But the profile that I found is labeled Maria Isabel Comstock. This TikTok features a series called Asking a Retired Spy the Questions We Really Want to Know. In this series, she asks her retired spy father all kinds of questions to which he gives all kinds of interesting answers. I watched all 60 or so videos in the series and sophistry is a subject of the content in several of these videos. Anyway, her father's point of view on sophistry and its meaning was synthesized and explained in a way that I found both profound and worth sharing. So you should check out that TikTok. I found tons of other information that proved to me that sophistry is the word that should be used to replace misinformation and disinformation in any disseminated news. Let's begin the journey with the history of the word and examples of sophistry from history. I'm going to take a break in between these two segments to stop and give some thanks out there. Um, these people just recently followed me on Instagram or Facebook, and I just want to say a personal thank you. Thank you to Caroline W., Caroline R., Elizabeth R., Becky B., Eliza S., Regina H., Lila D., Lauren K., Peggy M., Kylie S., Nicole K., Jessica P., Gabby L., Keisha F., Kristen P, Christine S, and Carla K. It means a lot that you took the time to uh, follow and and hopefully listen. Um, hope you have a, guys have a great day, and I'll uh, I'll be back later. Thanks for following the order of the day with Jess. Okay, so let's talk about this word sophistry. It is derived from the Greek word sophos or sophos, spelled S O P H O S, and it means wise. It dates back to ancient Greece, and it's often associated with the sophists, who were a group of professional educators. Sophistry was initially seen as a skillful way of using language to persuade and win arguments. However, it soon gained a reputation for manipulation and deception. 
As I said, sophists were educators or teachers in ancient Greece, and they used all kinds of methods to teach their students. Some of these methods were seen as manipulative and dangerous. For example, a sophist argument sounds something like this. Cutting someone is a crime, and surgeons cut people. Therefore, surgeons commit crimes. Now, that's kind of simplified and silly, right? Uh, I don't really think anybody undergoing surgery with a trained, vetted surgeon thinks they are being assaulted by a criminal. Do you? But it's that kind of sophistry that has been ingrained into our way of thinking through the ages and has influenced our way of communication, especially in the era of social media. Sophistry was such serious business in ancient Greece that Socrates, a famous teacher and philosopher of the time, was thought to have been a sophist and was put to death because of it. Sophists were respected and revered at one time, but somewhere along the line they became seen as unethical and posed a serious threat to the youth of Athens. Plato and Aristotle, some other famous old dead guys and philosophers, were huge opponents to sophists and found that they, quote, sought to prove their own beliefs instead of the truth. Aristotle wrote in his Metaphysics that sophistry was wisdom and appearance only. My interpretation of that is that sophistry looks like the truth and it sounds like the truth, but was just a means to an end to win the argument. Sophists were people who would say anything to win an argument. Ancient Grecians found this sort of influence and persuasion to be very dangerous because it began to shape and command their leaders and politicians, and thus their way of life. I find this historical information fascinating, as I feel it hasn't changed much even in our modern day life experiences. It is a historical fact that ancient Greek and Roman traditions of governance, leadership, and politics were adopted and adapted throughout history in many countries, including America. In case you couldn't tell, I'm an American, more accurately a Southern American, and while most Southern Americans do not have the best reputation for, for being a beacon of knowledge, I can say with confidence in my education that the creation, development, and growth of America after the, after the Revolutionary War was modeled after and steeped in the traditions of ancient Greek and Roman ideas and beliefs. Hell, the architecture of the structures that house our institutions of government, like the White House and the U.S. Congress, just to name two, are referred to as the Greek Revival style of architecture. Also, Alexander Hamilton and his co-authors referred to sophistry in the Federalist, also known as the Federalist Papers, which was a publication intended to influence the ratification of the United States Constitution. Anyway, my point is that sophistry was bound to find its way into our experience as humans and Americans. There are many historical examples of sophistry in America for sure. Here are three that I find to be interesting, but not as controversial as other examples. The first one is the Japanese incarceration during World War II. During this time, the U.S. government and media spread the mistaken belief that Japanese Americans were spies and saboteurs and used this to forcibly relocate and detain 120,000 tax-paying citizens of America. Number two is Senator McCarthy's Red Scare. In February of 1950, he spread his mistaken belief to 
possess a list of communists employed in the U.S. State Department. He had no evidence to back up his claim before he went on a crusade against communists in the early 1950s. A period in American history commonly known as the Red Scare, in which he held hearings on communist subversion in America and investigated alleged communist infiltration of the U.S. Armed Forces. These investigations proved to find no evidence to back up Senator McCarthy's claims and led to his exile from American politics. And the last one, the third one, is the origin of HIV or AIDS in humans. This is the mistaken belief that SIV jumped from monkeys to humans and became HIV and AIDS because a human had intercourse with a monkey. In all honesty, this example of sophistry is the inspiration for this entire episode. I had a conversation with some friends a couple of years ago that just blew my mind and I have been reading about it and researching it ever since. But more on that later. Some other controversial examples of sophistry in history include, but are not limited to, the Sisson documents in 1918, the reliance of George W. Bush administration on Am- Ahmadi Kalabi when deciding to invade Iraq, the 2016 efforts by Russia targeting the U.S. elections, origins of the COVID outbreak in 2021, and the QAnon conspiracies that led to the D.C. riots in January of 2021. Now that we have a brief overview of sophistry, we're going to dive deeper into the techniques and how it operates and what makes it so dangerous in the second episode of this series called Unraveling Sophistry. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.